Hey bro, you wanna collab? Once again, we're back on the air as extra reverb. Hey guys, it's been a while. We've got a lot of uh, pent-up musical uh, energy, obviously. But we're back. We're back, extra reverb. Once again, I've returned with uh, my good friends, Jacob, a.k.a. Lusa Domino. Greetings! And Coker, a.k.a. Sweet Tuesday. Hey guys, Jacob had me locked in his basement the entire summer. I hope you guys know that. Coker. Yeah, and then he then he tried to, to God, blame the podcast, podcast departure all on Coker, but it was really his fault. Who would have guessed it? Who would have guessed uh, it? And it's me, Austin, a.k.a. World Famous Secret. And since we've been gone, you know, uh, since the podcast has been gone, we kind of been doing our own thing. I haven't. I've been putting out a few videos. Sometimes I live stream a few times. Coker dropped an entire album. As per usual. Link possibly in description. Tell us about that album just to, like, in 10 seconds, yeah. what's it about? I made him write it in my basement. Uh, it, it's, it's a much more heavy album compared to my last. It features a first side that is pretty light, a second side that's pretty heavy. One of the songs on it, I Can't Feel Anything, has a single version that was out that managed to hit 10,000 views on YouTube. So thanks, guys, for that one. Hey. Yeah, and... Yeah, in short, yeah, it's it's a heavier album than my previous ones. Very nice. And its name? It is Long Street. And uh, you'll recognize the cover art instantly because it's a picture of our favorite little Coke man. Yep. Coke. And a Coke, Dollar Coke. General. That's where that picture was taken. And a Dollar General. <laughs> a Dollar General? With a, with a polo. <laughs> yeah. My, my, okay, so... Are you quick kidding story. me? Dollar quick, General? Yeah. So quick story about the the photo shoot of this. So I wake up and my sister's home and she's she does photography as like her little side thing. So I'm like, hey, can you take some pictures of me? And she's like, okay, yeah, sure. So I give her my Polaroid camera and we just went around taking random pictures of me around my house, around a couple of different places. And then the one... Then we were like, I was like, hey, get the black and white camera, get the black and white film. Let's go in Dollar General and take some pictures. And so I, I straight up sat on the floor and she like grabbed like some like plastic flowers and put them around me. And I was like, OK, this is going to be a good photo. I was like, yeah, it really is. And then she took the picture and I was like, yeah, this is a good photo. Let's use it for the album. And it was in a Dollar General. Nice. Wait a second. And it works. That too. album cover That's is funny you? to me, man. Dollar General of all places. Yep, Dollar that camera General. probably costs more than anything in that store. Can I get a full size like picture of it? Cause I can't tell what's like going on behind you. I want to like inspect it closer. It's it's um, hard because Polaroid cameras have terrible focus, but I I can send it to you. I can. Austin can put it up on screen. Before I continue my next bit, I do want to warn you guys that the reason my audio probably sounds so crappy is because we have to record at like the hottest time of the day for me in California. Uh, so I refuse to turn off my AC. It's still hot in here, even with the portable AC on, because it's just that hot. Yeah, because I have single pane windows. But I do want to say that, um, Coker, you've watched Drake and Josh, right? Yes, I have. So remember the episode when Drake, uh, I mean, no, I'm sorry, Josh befriends, like, another version of Drake. Like, it's basically Drake. But, yeah, like, I remember more. that episode. So I want to yeah. do that. I want to find someone named Pepsi. And then, like, we're best friends, and everyone, like, thinks he's cooler than you. <laughs> but then in the end of the episode, Pepsi becomes friends with, like, your friend named, like, I don't know, D- Dr. Pepper. What's the opposite, and then, what's the opposite and of Jacob? And then we have to be friends again. What's the opposite of Jacob? Opposite of Jacob? J- J- John? Right, so, and Drake and Josh, jo- well, Drake's friend was, what, Drew? Right? Yeah. So, and then um, J- so Jacob would be yeah, so uh, like, probably, like... John? John or James? I'm thinking more like uh, um, Jacob. Right, it does have to like be a, with, okay, like Drake, a James Drew. or like a James okay, so or it needs John. to be a J. Yeah, 
I I would no, I would say like Jack maybe. Jack would work definitely. Jack. Jack, yeah. And then for Coker, it'd be like uh, Cody. <laughs> I guess. I guess I have a friend in real life named Cody. What so. about for me? Austin would be uh, Austin. Harry, Houston, <laughs> Houston, Houston. That's it. Lord. And we're both cities in Texas. That's a Texas joke. Ha ha ha. Yo, bro. Yo, bro. As you, as you people might be able to imagine, Jacob has done absolutely nothing over the summer. All right, so no. He's been channeling his energy into other avenues. Uh, you make you made it sound like I'm like selling Such as crap. So let me explain what I've been up to. So. <laughs> The coolest thing I've been up to is that my SoundCloud blew up for a few days in uh, Indonesia, and I got uh, almost 10,000 streams in one day, and it was mostly on Don't Go. I guess that song is really just, it really just uh, slaps in the Indonesian's land. So for my Indonesian really fans, connected with them. I want to say thank you. Uh, I'm a big fan of you now, and I will be touring there as soon as COVID Don't is over. Don't go. You still have my eraser. I gave it to you, not for you to take so it. So I have been working on plenty of music and other projects. It's just nothing's been released. Um, how dare Austin say he's been doing nothing? What have you released, Austin? Huh? What have you been doing, my guy? I released Thomas the Tank Engine, but it's Megalovania, and it almost yeah. has 10,000 <laughs> yeah. views. I forgot about that. It yeah. almost has 10,000 views. It's had, it has taken off, man. Dang, so we blew up. We each blew up on some different form and another. Jacob, yeah, some, somehow, Jacob some had, way, yeah, we each Jacob, did pretty good on yeah. something. Yeah, for, yeah. for Coker, it was on, wait, for you guys, it was on YouTube, right? And then for me, it was on SoundCloud? For yeah. me, it was Spotify as well. Yeah, remember that? We talked but about that in YouTube. the last episode. I like how we all blew up on our own, like, different platforms. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, I mean... My my goal is to pass the uh, I I don't know how to the AU Megalovania for Thomas called Trainwreck, and which has eleven K views, and then the uh, Megalovania in Thomas and Friends Sound Font, which has twelve K views. If I can pass both of those, then I'll be satisfied. You did it. You went. You did that in Thomas. You did right, it in the Thomas right. Sound Font. No, that was. Somebody else did it in Thomas Soundfont. I already shared that with you. Oh, I think. Uh, yeah, you did share it with me. I just, I was stupid. I was like, because it sounded, I thought you said that you did. I was like, wait, you did it? Actually, two of them. Yeah, no. Nah. There's one for the uh, early, the early town yeah. font, and then there's one for the Proteus one. There's a bunch of people in the Thomas Phantom that have done multiple of the same remixes. Yeah. Not surprising. Yeah. I also want to mention that um, I've been working on a single that should be out within the next month or two that Austin has helped me with. So that's going to be cool. And I also started a whole new project. Well, it's technically have, you know, technically started years ago, but it's like in full gear now. Finally, I'm really excited to keep working on this piece. It's like it's like some this different type of music than I've written before. So I'm just like learning new ways of writing music and, you know, Producing and composing, all that good stuff. So it's going to be cool. Just give it a time. I don't want to interject, but I just want to say, and another thing is that Jacob and I have also started a project. Not to say what it is, but it's a it's a project. That, it's uh, coming that along. It's my fault it's taken so long. <laughs> but uh, It's not your fault. I've been focusing, because a lot of, I've been focusing on my personal stuff too. So really it's just, it, I, it, if you guys want to know in the order of things, like for me and Jacob, it's our projects, our secondary projects that we're working on solo. And then the third one, after <laughs> both of us are done with our stuff that we're working on, then it's the project that me and him are working on that comes yeah. after all that. There's always something, man. There's always, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make, I'm going to make an Excel sheet that just that lays out all the projects for like the different things an I'm iceberg. working on and like upcoming projects <laughs> I want to work on eventually because there's just so many projects, just projects among projects. True. Someone needs to make the extra reverb conspiracy iceberg. So what you're saying is basically you and Coker started your very own version of Goodbye Dubai. Yeah, you can say that. Huh? No one's gonna know what that is though. <laughs> where did Dubai? Where did Dubai go? Why did it go? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, you don't know. know Adam Young story, and Matthew man? I don't know the story. Off, Austin. Uh, flying. It's a now city heights. legend. Supposedly, he was going to start a project called Goodbye Dubai with the leader of Reliant K, Matt Deason. As far as I know, that's nothing completely ever came true. Of it. Like, Adam said, like, that's a thing. It's happening. But that was years ago when he said it's happening. So, 
And we haven't even gone out seeing music in a while. Your project with Kilker was happening. So we'll see whether it suffers the same fate. Anyways, with that, if it, it, listen, uh, go on, go on. If it, if it does, then I'll just release them on my own thing. If, if, if this whole project doesn't work out, then sorry, Jacob, your song's becoming a Sweet Tuesday song. Wow. Because Coker's already put in the work, man. He's already done all his part, hasn't, haven't you? Well, no, Jacob, this is the thing is, is that we're both writing the songs together. It's not like we're not, okay, you know, having, but you, it's not like it's you, uneven. You kind of write by producing, basically. Isn't that right? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been changing up with me and Austin, or sorry, not you, sorry, not you, Austin, me and Jacob's project. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been sort of cha- changing that up because it, it, the method, and Jacob can correct me if I'm wrong here, but for what I've thought, the method we've been going through is one of us will come up with like a chord progression or a, you know, main little thing, and then we'll both team up to write the lyrics. You know, that's sort of been how it's been going. So it's definitely not like a, you know, a 60-40 type thing. It's a, it's completely 50-50. Very nice. In fact, I should probably send you over some more riffs one of these days and you can see which ones you feel like could be used for. See, I play my riffs very uh, simply and like pop, pop punkish, I guess you can say, or punk rockish. I'm, I know Coker has his own ways of doing it. So it's kind of an interesting blend, you know. It, think the Beatles teaming up with Blink One Eighty Two. That's the that's yeah. the best that's way the sort to of, describe the, we've it. We've been sort of we, we've been sort of trying to get a mixture of pop punk and new wave with our yeah. whole sound. So think about yeah, like the new wave's a new like cars. idea Coker brought up, but it's sounding pretty cool. Like I'm excited to see like how this sound you know comes out. Yeah, I've already sort of written a, a more new wave style song for it. So personally, I I'm kind of the most interested to see how the two of your lyrics come together. That would, yeah, that is going to be interesting. Yeah. Because, um... Like, what happens? Does one of you write one verse and the other one writes another verse? Or do you go line by it's line more like, or even word by word? Like, I don't like it, that word, Coger. Switch it out. I think it's more like song by song. Yeah, it's, it's you just... You would say song by song, Coker, right? Yeah. Okay, so one of you writes one song and the other writes the other. Yeah, right. and we, now, we've been sort of trying to keep it. There's no like defi- like definitive rules in how we're doing this. It's just it's how it's been done yeah, so far. It's I it's just say. like if I write a song, it's right. If I write a song and I'm not happy with the lyrics, I'll look at Jacob and be like, "Hey Jacob, what do you think of these?" And he'll be like, "Oh well, that's good, but you need to change this and that." And I'll be like, "That's more I like agree. no, yeah. that's that's pretty bruh. My guy, I'm gonna go. Yeah. Just- <laughs> Sorry, Coker, you suck. You're <laughs> Sorry, awful. Sorry, Coker, Die. you suck. Also, P.S. I hate you. So, <laughs> P- you know that movie? P.S. I love you. Yeah. Guess what? No, it's P.S. I hate you. <laughs> P.S. That's so dumb. I love that. P.S. I hate you. So guess what, Coker? Guess what? Make like a tree and leaf. <laughs> um, bruh, that's an out uh, city that was, line. That was funny. Anyways, um, that is, yeah, dude. If the green left the grass on the other side, I'd make like a tree and leave. Imagine starting a band with someone you don't like. It's like, hey, I hate you. I hate you too. Want to start a band? <laughs> fine, fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd love to work with you. Yo, I'm pretty sure that's how Pink Floyd started. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's how Lucid Domino started, did you know? Oh, I mean, that's how rip, Oasis is. Rip amicability between the members of that band. No, on a real note, if you don't know how we started, basically, I went on Twitter. I was like, hey, I need help with people mastering my my music. And I was like, I can do it. And then, yeah, we made Journey from scratch. <laughs> why, do, why do you think Austin sounds like that? That's how he used to sound. I don't know. You know, I watch old videos with him in it. And though his voice has always been, like, obviously deeper, uh, as far as I know him, like, it's it was still higher. Like, it sounded like how his voice sounds now, but just a little higher. And it's just, like, it's weird to, like, kind of see that transition. Yeah. See, for me, you can hear <laughs> yeah, a, I mean, you can hear a big difference. I'm willing to admit that. You can hear a big difference in how deep my voice has gotten from September of 2019, not even a year ago, till now. I've been watching old podcast episodes, uh, but then, you know, and it's, it's crazy. It makes me want, like, I hope it keeps getting deeper. You know, maybe in another year, you're going to, like, listen to this podcast. Or or let's say I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm like, who's that squeaky little, you know, guy? The heck, man? Yeah. One thing that I've been trying to do with mastering 
I'm talking about because Jacob, you know, said that, you know, Austin's helping him master. One thing, like, I tried to do lately with mastering, because I'm working on, like, a new album, and I tried to do some mastering of some of the songs with a cassette deck that I bought. Mm-hmm. So like I did the oh yeah tell us about the cassette deck yeah post a picture and all that if you don't mind. yeah can I, I say will, something I funny right before you finish that story yeah honestly I don't think I had a full grasp on what mastering was until it came to the mastering process of late night apartment lights which is not that long ago <laughs> oh dude I still don't have I still I just literally go in logic and I'm like okay look a little preset okay cool I'll pick that don't change anything I don't think anyone knows what mastering is it's just like there yeah, everyone knows you gotta like do it ideas, but even like mastering engineers vague, are like hmm <laughs> some I'm vague puzzled. concepts of it <laughs> some little vague concepts of what mastering is but they're like okay 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 Maybe they it's just right. made it up to sound fancy and like, oh, I got a master yeah, the song. It's, <laughs> no, it's literally they just put it through like an Edison cylinder disc or Edison little <laughs> cylinder, you know, one of those old wax cylinders. Yeah, put it yeah. through that and they, they just been telling us, oh, yeah, you need this equipment. You need this equipment. When in reality, they're just running it through some ancient equipment. What if the mastering yeah. engineer just like gets the song, they go to their master fader, turn it up two decibels and then send it out. <laughs> and it's like, I hope it's louder. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> louder equals better. Never forget. Loudness Wars, baby. Oh, Never ends. Man. Yo, we we ended the Loudness Wars, remember? We did. Oh, yeah, we did. We, I we thought did, it's canon. We ended the Loudness Wars. We, yeah, that, it's that's canon. extra reverb canon. But anyways, uh, I have to say, though, on Late Night Apartment Lights... Uh wow, a uh, funny story about that mastering. Jacob kept sending me the finished songs after he was like done mastering them, so that I could listen back and give him a second set of ears, and they were never loud enough. Come to find out later, the reason why they were never loud enough is because it was Discord. Discord was automatically making them more quiet. Yep. And when we listened, when I listened back to them on Google Drive. Then they were like way too loud and like really, really over compressed at that point. Yeah, I was like, dude, it's so loud. Like, how is it not loud enough for you, Austin? Yeah, that's what he was saying the we, whole time. We really learned that. He's like, the hard I promise way. it's as loud as my reference mixes, but I was like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I just went from I just switched from <laughs> Discord to my to my handy dandy uh, music app on my phone, and it's nowhere near as loud. Yeah. I didn't even bother trying to uh, actually load in a file into Discord so that I could play it through the same uh, audio engine. But oh well. Next time. Yeah, no, oh, like... Take that Take that as a caution, guys. Because, like, now we know... But, like, dude, that took us... That nice took us burp. a long time of... Thank you. I'm drinking an energy drink. It took us a long time to figure that out. And, like, that can, like, really screw up someone's mixes if you're not careful. Because it sounds like, oh, turn it up more. You turn it up more, like, sounds great. Send it out. Turns out it's overcompressed, sounds terrible. Just so you guys know, keep that in mind. Be careful. Yeah, and see, the thing is... It's really important. The thing is, back then, I was still in the kind of outdated mindset of going for peak and RMS. Yeah. When really what we've learned to go for in the digital streaming age is... um, uh, Perceived audio, right? Huh? Perceived audio, like the the way we perceive your audio, could be way different than what the computer's telling you. Just because you're at zero dB doesn't mean it sounds loud, right? No, I'm talking about what 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 decibel scale we use. Okay. Um, like RMS. We talked about this a little bit. I'm gonna go look this up actually, but in the meantime, want to talk about his yeah. cassette player. But in the meantime, all right. So you want to tell us about this cassette deck, Coker? Looks sick, yeah. by the way. Is that a VU <laughs> meter we, we, right there? Yeah, that is. That it's a VU. Nice. Meter. I love. So, I love physical. I love like uh, physical VU meters like that. Or that I, one's I sort have of to, digital. I have to get. I have to go back a bit because okay. So years ago, I bought a. I, I'll try to find a picture of it. It was an old Sony. Don't believe you. Portable cassette. It was a field recorder. Believe it or not. And it it was actually the one that the president of Sony was listening to when he thought of the idea of a Walkman, you know. Uh, yeah. And oh, that's, I bought that's it. That's pretty cool, actually. That yeah. exact one? The, not the exact well, I'm sure same, same model. One, the model? The mo- not the same yeah, the exact. Like, so it's yeah. from the 70s. And, 
it, it yeah, came the CEO in, of Sony handed this to me when I was a yeah, child. Yeah, he gave it to me, guys. <laughs> he was like, he was like, yeah, sure, Coker, you're kind of cool. It's like extra reverb. Here you go. I was like, dear Mr. CEO, I'm a big fan. Here you go, Coker. Have this. Yeah, but um, no. That's so funny. I I got it, and in short, when I got it, it was just gone. It didn't work anymore, and it said on the thing it worked. I paid like. 300 bucks for it and it came in the mail it didn't even work and so Oof. i just i i for the longest time i was just like i'm not using the and it had these really nice analog needle vu meters that are on the front of it and it just didn't work and i was so mad and so so i just put off getting a set deck for years until a couple years ago i was like okay i guess i can get back into it or a bit after this by the way and then it didn't, it wasn't until recently I was like, okay, I'll get a new one. I'll get a new cassette deck. So I went and bought the model that you see there, which is a, it's a Technics model. So, you know, it's Technics is a well up their brand, uh, mainly for their turntables, but still their cassette decks are really nice. It's a, it's a Technics RSB 18. Uh, I bought it refurbished too, so there's new belts and everything on it. So I'm not gonna have issues with it for a while. It's got these it, the VU meters. What are those are nice. like hook things to the right on the Sony? Oh, those little hooks. That's so that you would have. Oh, the ones that are at the back. Those are for XLR cables. Hmm. Yeah. So you had it was a field recorder. It was meant for like. Oh, is it like is it like the you pr you push it to take it out? Yeah, yeah, that's what. It, okay. Yeah, and it, it was a it was a field recorder. It was meant for like, you know, journalists and stuff. But it was meant for um, recording the fields. Yeah, it was meant for going out in the prairie and, you know, recording the prairie dogs running around. But no, so I bought that Technics one, and it's 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 nice. It's got Dolby noise reduction. It's got Dolby C, which isn't very common. Uh, it's got DBX, which is even less common, and it's got a nice little digital VU meter. You know, so it's not. It's not nothing crazy, but it's still nice. And I've been running, and the person gave me, like, two free tapes to it with it, too. So I was immediately making, like, mixtapes and stuff. My only problem with it is it's, there's no uh, monitoring tape-wise. You can monitor the audio coming through, you know, but you cannot, you're not going to be able to monitor how the tape is sounding. So you really have to look at that VU meter to know whether or not you're being too hot or, you know, whether or not it's too quiet, which sucks. But I've worked with it. I've gotten better with it, you know. And, um, yeah, I, I, so I tried running a couple bit of my own music into that. And it's all right. It it, it doesn't have a lot of treble, and it, you can't record with Dolby noise reduction. Treble, you just need that so, bass. You need that fat bass, man. You know, well, not really trouble. It's just noisy. That's the problem. It, it it's a bit, it, which tape, you know, is noisy in itself. But this, it's just not what I'd want for my music. You know, I'm more fine with using like a a plugin, which I have plenty to do that. Yeah, because you can control that. Yeah, it's still nice though, because I still use it sometimes to listen to music. You know, right? Because it's because cassette is a good format. To listen to music, believe it or not, it's still the, the you know there's a, there are obviously some downsides compared a lot of downsides compared to like digital, but in itself it's not terrible. If you have like a good Walkman, it, it's even portable and can be great sounding. You know, which yeah, is, my mom had a Walkman. I remember she had like the she had like the little speaker that you could plug into the jack and it would just rest on the side. You yeah. know the yeah the kind yeah. Of, it didn't have a cable it just it was just like a speaker with a prong on it you plug that into the jack. Yeah, you no, ever seen one of those? I've seen one of those. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's um, but yeah, no, like I feel like people give cassette too much flack for the cheap, crappy cassette decks that they probably had, and the car ones that probably eat up their tape. Because if you have like a mm. nice one like this one or a nice Walkman or even something like a, you know, like a, uh, was it a, um, an Akai one and a, uh, I don't think Akai made portable ones. I'm not thinking, I'm thinking of a Sanyo, you know, even a Sanyo or something like that would be pretty good for cassette decks. It's just that people nowadays aren't wanting to buy refurbished old stuff. They're wanting to buy new stuff and they don't realize it. 
every cassette deck that's made today has the same exact cheap, awful cassette mechanism that just doesn't last a whole long time. That's why you got to buy the old stuff like this. This bad boy, if you heard me slap it just now, Technics one, because it's it's got a nice mechanism in it. It works fine. It's just, it's crazy. People don't do their research and are like, okay, I'll just get this cheap old cassette deck and buy some tapes, you know? And it's like, no, you got to buy something like good and old. You can't just buy something from like 2012 and be like, oh, that's old enough. That's got to be good. <laughs> it's funny. Have you guys noticed that how people are now starting to look at stuff like that and be like, that's so old. And it's from like 2012 or 2013. Yeah. It's crazy to think. I don't know. Some things age pretty fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, some things. But, like, I remember, like, 2013 listening to, like, Minecraft parodies in the car and being like, yeah, this is so cool. And then now I listen back and I'm like, why was I listening to this? Right. Such is the way of things. We feel the same way about things from 2008, 2009, 2010, being a few years older than you. It happens. There, there's a video of me and my brother somewhere on the internet playing with plushies, and it's our, it's our, it's like Angry Birds plushies. I'm looking and up Coker. It, <laughs> nice. You're not gonna find Plushy. it. You're not gonna find it. But like, still, my sister had the blue one. We had all of them. I, I had loved every Angry single Birds. one. Of, I made my mom be like, "Hey, can I get all of these?" And mom was like, "Okay, fine." And I was like, "Yay!" And I got, I like, dude. I don't know how. Is that exactly what your mom sounded like? No. Was her voice deeper or something? I just, (laughs) I did it. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Nobody asked. Was that Coker Easler? What'd you say? Okay. All right. So I looked it up and uh, it was the Luffs meter. That's what I was thinking of. Not K-12. That's a peak meter anyways. Um, no, luffs. That's what we were talking about. Luffs. And like, that's what you're supposed to shoot for. You're supposed to shoot for, like, different streaming luffs. platforms have, like, different luffs levels that they will automatically set all songs to. I, they're all somewhere in the 15 to 10 range. If you look at them on, like, peak and RMS meters, then it comes to, like, negative 0.3 dB peak, but only, like, negative 10 RMS. Sometimes even less. Like, there's way more dynamic range when you go by the Luffs meter. And, like, that's just the way they do things now because, obviously, back in the record age or the cassette tape age, the goal was to beat the noise. Like Coker was talking about, these things are really noisy. Yeah. So you had to get it as loud as you could so that you could beat the noise. And then on CD, they were they were doing the loudness wars. And the radio, they were doing the loudness wars, which radio will compress it. The Like, radio compressors will hit the songs really hard anyways so that's kind of a given but anyways uh on streaming since everything automatically gets boosted up to the same level anyways and it's all digital so you don't have to worry about noise there's really no need to shoot for super loud anymore but we've talked about that that's what i was saying though like that's what i wish we would have known when we were doing late night apartment lights yeah because unlike dreaming from scratch jacob didn't even put this album on a cd it, w- it just went straight to streaming. Well, they both did. By the way, I'm the only one that owns a, a physical CD copy of Dreaming from Scratch. I'm very proud know? of it. It's true. How do you know <laughs> I didn't burn a copy? Well, then it wouldn't be official still. Lol. Well, th- yeah, this is an official one with with Jacob with Jacob's handwriting um, uh, in Sharpie marker on a... And a signature. So if I pop off, you're getting money. Nice. Jacob, can you make mine official? What I do want to do is I want to get a couple vinyls pressed for late night apartment lights. That's just for like, you know, Austin and myself and the real, the, the true fans, you know? They look really cool. Good one for Coker because he's the only one that actually has a record player. Look, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm going to say this, okay? I ha- I found the Angry Birds video. I hate to do this to you guys, the audience here. But you, Austin and Jacob, do not put this in the, I'm not even kidding. Because this could potentially give away. Let's just watch it afterwards. This could give away like my, we're not going to watch it. I'm just saying 
just don't because this could give away like where like specifically where I live. But like all this right, is all right. We got it the first. Where do you live? Cobra? No, there's th that's these are separate uploads. These are all separate uploads, Austin. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna watch those later. Not to break up the flow of the episode. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just. I'm. Listen. I'm gonna send them all. It doesn't matter. I'm sending them all. So. Nice. Okay. Well, no. I'll but, treasure um, them. I meant you mentioned earlier about how back in the '80s they wanted to beat out the noise, and that's the thing is, is and before um, that. Oh yeah, and before that, like the decades before that. But um, like with Dolby, one thing I've you know it's interesting about Dolby, and I didn't know this about Dolby for a while. The whole idea of Dolby and Basics, there's more to it, obviously. But in short, it's literally just you make the treble very high on the recording before you put it on a cassette tape, you know, so that when you turn on Dolby noise reduction on your tape player, it cuts out just the noise and not anything else. It's like, hmm. if, if, if I can sort of explain this, imagine, okay, so just picture like a hill, a flat hill. It's perfectly flat. There's nothing else going on. And imagine you turn on Dolby noise reduction on that hill somehow in some mystic way. Since there's <laughs> the hill's just flat, the hill's just flat, there's nothing done to it, the end, the far right end of that hill's going to get shorter. It's going to slope down. It's going to get cut is, off. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm Austin. I'm visualizing this. So the, the far right end's going to get cut off. Right. But if before you turn on the Dolby noise reduction, you make the far right end of that hill super high, higher than the rest of it, when you turn on the Dolby noise reduction... It's not going to make it'll it... It'll compensate. It, yeah, it'll make it get even again. And that's what, in sh basic, really basic form, that's what Dolby noise reduction is. So, like, that's why your music was really dark when you listened to it through the noise reduction. Yeah. Because it wasn't meant for that. And, yeah, so I, I and it's funny because it's sort of hard. It's really hard to work with because if you don't have it set up right... The treble's just gonna make it start getting the hiss whenever they, you know, it's gonna make it have that distortion True. when they do that. So that's why it's really hard to work with because you have to get that perfect setting where it's it's gonna have high treble, but it's not gonna have that distortion whenever they say their s's or their c's. Hmm. Well, okay then. You know, guys, it's it's times like these discussions like these that makes makes me wish that we had like a old. An old head, you know, an yeah. old head on the cast. Like somebody that actually worked in studios during like the 70s and 80s. Like my uncle. Like a, oh, yeah? That'd be cool. Maybe we he could He didn't work him. in studios, though, but he was around. Like, I mean, he was gigging and stuff back in the 90s, late 80s and early 90s, so. Uh, all right, cool. Well, anyways, you know, guys, once again, I'm kind of proud of us because we just kept ourselves entertained talking in an episode for 30 minutes, about 30 minutes, without even touching the topics that we have for today. You're saying I'm dumb or something? Yay, we did a good job. Wow. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, we're really resourceful. Yeah, I know. All that just because I mentioned Coker had a new album out and, like, he, he was on the cover art. Yeah, that is crazy. No, um... Who's Coker? Well, you know what? You know what, Austin? What? Just because you brought that up, I'm bringing up a topic. I'm pulling out a card, buddy. I'm pulling one of the cards out of the deck. We got a real wild card here, don't we? How about I found a website of a guy who lives near me who makes his own instruments, guys. Can I, is he single? Oh, yeah. It's, that's insane. I, I sent it in the chat. It's called Mystery Circuits. Yeah, Mystery Circuits. So this guy, he's that's been around name. for ages doing this. Uh, it, it, it's sort of like a, there's a popular trend with like electronic music now called circuit bending. He's sort of like that. He does a little bit of it, but his thing is actually like making instruments. So, and I've looked over him. He's done instruments for, if you guys know the song, you have to, the song, somebody I used to know by Godai. I, I think that's how it's pronounced. He's it worked with God, that. Yay. I don't know how it's pronounced. I mean, that's what it looks like to me, but. Okay, well, you either know, way. The man that said somebody that I used to know and then dipped. Yeah, he's worked with that guy. He's worked with Devo. He, he's worked with many people. And um, and it's, 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 you know, 
It's insane the types of instruments that he's created. My personal, the one that I think is the most interesting, he created a thing called the Mellow Man and the New Mellow Man. There's two different versions. He made an updated version of the original Mellow Man. The Mellow Man is basically, he took eight, or it's about 16 Walkmans, or 14, sorry, it's 14 Walkmans lined up. One of them has a drum track in them, just rhythms, you know, and then the rest of them have notes. And he put... Walkmans. Yeah. Or I guess you'd say, oh, sorry, Walkman. Sorry. No, no, no. Actually, funny story. In the FAQ section for this thing, he says, like, the second question is, do you say Walkmans or Walkmen? And he's, the answer is, I say Walkmans for some reason. So there you have it. <laughs> Why does that mean Walkman, huh? How come it can't be Walkwoman? Okay. Okay. Anyways, go on. No, <laughs> but, um, sorry, Jacob, you're not funny. Wow. Uh, Not this no, time. He, um, it's Are a really creative. serious? It, it's a really creative idea, though. He, 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 it's basically just a bunch of Walkmen with, or Walkmans, with um, tapes, lo- with t- samples loaded up on them, just like a Mellotron. And there's tape loops in there. You know, they're tape loops. So he can play them on the keyboard, and it does just like a Mellotron, where it'll, you know, play out the notes. And he's you he some of them are you know some of them are uh, normal stuff like the he has the mellotron flute strings choirs and string orchestras and stuff for example but then he also has shown he got one of his friends he got one of his friends who's a drummer to play a loop of a drum like just to play a little drum loop and he put that on there so you can have little rhythm going along with it. And he did it all in his house. And it's insane to me. I sent the link to Austin in the chat. So if he wants to do it, he can put some pictures up. There's not a whole lot. It's just basically the instrument. But um, it's a really interesting idea. And he's done more than that. He, he did an updated version. And it's really, it, really, it's just a nicer looking version of it that he made for a friend. And he's, he's done a whole lot more. He's done, for example, he took a... Uh, he made this little like ball that has some little circuits on it and you shake it and it'll start making all these like random noises. Uh, yeah, I see that. And then he took a, what, what's the one that looks like a guitar hero on tour controller? Oh wait, where are you looking at? I'm on the electronic musical instruments tab. Yeah, I'm looking. Is it about halfway down on the right? looks like a guitar hero on tour controller. Oh, 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 I don't know. Okay, let me see that. Yeah, um. I just clicked on it and it's just a bunch of uh, rattling, electronic warbly rattling. Okay, man, that's what a lot of this guy's stuff is, though. But it's it's interesting stuff. He's got one that is called, um, it, it's called the Sound Lab Mini Switch. It's it's a literal synthesizer, and he built it out of some old cabinet that he used his this old shelf that his wife gave him, and he made it into a fully functioning. Why did synth. his wife give him a shelf? It, it, I, 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 the story, I guess she found it somewhere, just at some random place, and she was like, "Oh, hey, you want to use this to like store cables and stuff?" He was like, "Yeah, sure." And then he was oh, like, okay. "You know what? I'm gonna how make about it into I a put synth. the cables together." How about, I, circuits. Yeah, how about I put the cable together <laughs> with some mystery circuits? And he also, yeah. um, see, so Jacob, Jacob gets it. Yeah. yeah, of course. I'm smart. He also made like a little thing that's a um, synthesizer plus a rhythm machine. So sort of like those old organ combos, but with a synth instead of a uh, organ. And uh, one of the craziest looking ones to me and I, I can't even pronounce the name of it. It's trauma masking, trauma masking, and it's it it's made out of an old adding machine, you know. Or I think it's an adding, or it's some weird old thing. It, and he made it into a drum machine where you can just tap in the little rhythms that you want, and it'll play them out. And it's an analog one too, so it's like an eight oh eight or a seventy eight type sound, you know. Yeah, but uh, it's just interesting to me the whole idea of building your own instruments 
Yeah, didn't you build a guitar? I mean, I know it's completely different because it's a kit, but like you built a guitar what? recently. I forgot like, about that. Should I talk about that? Did I talk about we that? Talked to, dude, we talked about it on the last episode. Oh. Don't you remember? I believe, yeah, we definitely talked it's about been it. So long since, it's been so long since that. I forgot. How did that How did that go, by the way? Like, I, I remember, like, I remember there's some, like, stage of the building process for you that you, you know, you got stumped on, but I'm obviously you figured uh, it out. It, painting. What was the painting? It, painting, the it, painting right? The, no, the painting part wasn't hard. The, I'll say this. The hard, the hardest part was the finish. Oh, that's the what finish I mean. was the part that I just gave really? up on. That I didn't even. Point? It's not finished. It's still not finished. If I rub it too much, the the, it, thankfully none of the dye has worn out of the wood, you know. But linseed oil, it just gets everywhere. You, if you don't dispose of the rags right, they'll catch on fire. It's just a nightmare. And I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm 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 good. I kid you not. For months afterwards like it wasn't until like last month where i could touch that thing and not have my hands reek of linseed oil <laughs> like it was awful and yeah. you know but now, now it's fine now it's fine i love that guitar honestly um is it a good sounding guitar it's good it's a semi-hollow um i'm for the mo what's funny is most people you know there's a whole thing where Stratocasters can be tuned down to like E flat. They can be tuned down a half step, but you can't really do that with a Gibson guitar because it just sounds too muddy. I can say for a fact that that one is an exception because you can get very good Stratocaster type sounds out of it, even though it's a semi hollow, which is mm -hmm. insane, but it's just, it's a very pretty sound. It, it, it's, it's the type of thing you'd want to do like a finger picking type thing like dear prudence or something like that but i think we've talked about it in the last episode so i don't know why we don't need to be getting on to that no i think yeah, it's really it's interesting um like good. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off or anything uh i can let you go uh, if, uh i was just gonna say it's the type of guitar that you'd want to take on tour because it can do more things than other guitars yeah can. yeah that's true um, plus i painted it so it looks pretty what I want to say is, like, I, cause I've been looking at more guitars recently, because, like, I love the guitars I have, but, like, when you just look at them, they're just regular-looking guitars, which is fine, but, like, I want a guitar where, like, I want someone to be able to look at it and be like, that's Jacob's guitar. I, I'm not famous, yeah. so I guess that wouldn't really happen. Yeah. But, like, like, there's guitars that, like, for example, bands like Owl City or, like, I, I don't know, like, Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus, like, I'll see them, like, take out a certain guitar to start playing. I'm like, whoa, that's that one guitar. He's been using that forever. You know? And, well, this you know, is, sometimes they grab yeah, the acoustic guitar. It's like, oh, Van it's Halen. some acoustic guitar. But yeah, then they get, okay. like, oh, next song, a new electric guitar. It's like, oh, it's that guitar. Whoa. It's like, it's kind of like its own character, you know? Yeah, this is what I will say to you, and it's my advice, and it's my advice for anybody who wants to do that with a normal-looking guitar, paint it. Do something with it besides the body. If you won't, but then it's don't not. don't do what that, my but, friend's brother did and take a flathead screwdriver to your guitar and chip it away to make it look road-worn. Yeah, Ooh. if you want to get it Take relic, it to Coker's yeah. uncle. It, no. <laughs> How did that come out? It, went out, it, was, it was all right. No, but don't... No, this is what I'm saying. If you want to get your guitar relic, send it to somebody professional. Send it to somebody yeah. professional. But if you want it yeah, to look like me. yours, if you out. don't want it to look out worn out and everything, get some paint. Do something with it. I don't care what you want to do. Paint something on it. Do a George Harrison type thing. Make it all trippy. I don't care. Do Billy Corgan and just get like a, a paintbrush and some random colors and just splotch them on there. I mean, do whatever you want. If you do that... People will see that guitar when you go up on stage and say, oh, that's Jacob's guitar. You know, like that's what I did for that semi-hollow. I put a bunch of random circles on it. I wrote zero on one spot on it. And I can guarantee you if I got popular and I went around performing with that, if I perform with that guitar since day one, people will be like, oh, look, it's that guitar. Yeah. You know, and even it doesn't even just apply to electric guitars. Look at like Willie Nelson. Like he's got trigger, you know. You can do what Tom DeLong does and just burn your guitars. That is true. Well, I mean, Jimi Hendrix did that too, but you know, no, no one knows who Jimi Hendrix is. Yeah, nobody knows who Jimi Hendrix everyone know, is. Everyone knows who your cousin is, Tom DeLong, and uh, that's that's in fact that's what I'm going to show you right now. Who was it? Um, Brian May went even farther and built his own guitar. Like he, like Brian May, he didn't even just like build 
a kid like I did. He literally his like he, he there's a story that he said where he went and his dad and him took like a 100 year old counter that they just had sitting in the garage and cut it and made it into a guitar and put all the electronics and stuff. He said that he literally spent about $15 on the whole thing or 15 pounds. Sometimes it was like the best sounding guitars, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it is a good sounding guitar. It's on every single Queen album ever made. Oh, shoot. That's the well, Queen guitar. That's the, it's the like, red we, special, man. Yeah. I'm going to make a guitar special. out of my my microphone. I'm just going to like burn a bunch of microphones and then like Yo, what, what melt you could it into do. a guitar mold. Imagine your guitar is made of like AT 2020s. You get like 20 of them, melt <laughs> it into a guitar mold. Don't say that wouldn't be, really be cool because that'd be pretty cool. Really bright sounding guitar there. All right, It'd be really heavy too, probably. Yeah, it would be. Throw a couple blocks of wood for like, you know, some woodness. <laughs> it sounds pretty toxic. Hybrid. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you know, they they make, they they sell little things where the whole idea is you can cut out your own guitar shape in it. It's like a, it's like, it'll, it looks like a big old rectangle and it's got little holes and stuff for the pickups, but you can get like a buzzsaw or something and cut out your own shape. Right. And it comes I, with that, a neck that and sounds like that sounds like it'd be a disaster if I did it. Yeah, no, nah, we you'd have to like plan out ahead of time and get someone else to do it. That's what I'd at least do, like draw a design and then send it to some like send it somebody you know that can do it and get them to cut it. My design would be like Coker's name. My <laughs> my 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 forehead. That would be that'd probably that'd be, be a, a good shape for a guitar. My my dimple, my one of my dimples on my cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who made their guitars have like a handle in them? Oh, that was, was that Steve Joe Vai. Satria? It was Steve Vai. Okay, that would have been my second Vai. guess. Yeah, he Steve has a carrying Vai. handle in his guitar. Yeah, it's called the monkey monkey grip. Yeah, the monkey grip. That's right. Monkey Forgot grip. about that. But yeah, that started getting offered through Ibanez a few years ago. That's so, it's such a funny story that guitar because he wanted originally they wanted it to be made by Fender and that's why it has that sort of Stratocaster type shape to it but like Fender was like no we ain't no you no and so then he was like okay well let's go to Ibanez they went to Ibanez and Ibanez was like okay yeah sure but we'll make it a limited edition one you know we're we're not gonna sell, it's not like these are gonna sell for ages and then they sold out within like the first week people like that handle. Yeah, people really like the handle and everything in the design. So it's sold out within like a couple weeks. And then they were like, okay, well, we got to start making more. And now it's like the cheapest. It, it's funny because now it's like the standard ones, like one of the cheapest Ibanez or most affordable. It's not cheap. It's a good guitar, but it's one of the most affordable guitars from Ibanez. Yeah, true. True. All right, guys. So we got a few other things to talk about in the uh, topics list. But I don't think we're going to have time to get to all of them in this episode. So how about you guys just pick one? Hey, Coker, how is your cousin doing with the whole alien search? You know, Tom DeLong. He's doing all right. They, they I heard, I'm hearing good things. I'm hearing crazy things. But it's all right. That's cool. Yeah, I'm hearing great things. I know your cousin just started like uh, season two, uh, started season two. I came out of this show. He's been yeah. producing on Unidentified on uh, yeah. History Channel. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, but um, on a real note, that wasn't one of the topics. Yeah, no, um, so <laughs> Austin sent this video in, like right after we said we were gonna take the break. So you know, it's been a while since I had a time to look at this, but I I saw the video beforehand. It was about how the Super Nintendo music was made, and if I'm correct, I haven't seen it a while, but it's more specifically covers the uh the water level from donkey kong talks about aquatic ambience yeah aquatic ambience which from, is a really famous yeah. song from donkey kong country by david wise yeah and i've i've ha i've worked with music trackers before so i have a bit of experience with that my, one of my friends he wanted to make a game boy style game and uh, he was using this one you know developing software and it never really went anywhere but he was like hey coker do you think you can make the music for it and I, it was all good until I figured out. Yeah, I figured out you couldn't convert MIDI to tracker files. So I was like, "Oh dang, I'm gonna have to actually start using tracker." Yeah, you gotta start over, dude. So I went into, I downloaded a random tracker app. It was a good one, but it's so annoying. 
I hated working with it. It gave you some good results for like Game Boy games. It gave you nice realistic results, but it was just awful to work with because there were some things that were good, some things that were admittedly good. Like for example, you when you hit record, you didn't have to play on beat. You just had to tap it in and it would automatically put it into the next slot. But so there were also some really annoying things such as you know, in my experience, it was extremely hard to make things sound natural. In the tracker? Yeah, it was extremely hard to make things right. sound... Well, well, hold up, hold up, because I know you wa- You said you watched this video? Yes, yeah. Top comment is from David Wise himself, saying, Sadly, there was no tracker. It was a text editor called Brief, and the code was then assembled and sent onto the host PC with no luxury of real-time editing. I saw that. How about that? Dang, yeah, that makes it even worse. That makes it even worse for them. Like it was pretty much a guessing game at that point. See, what we learned in this video was to make the pad sounds on that song, Aquatic Ambience, uh, because the uh, the thing could only really store like tiny little samples. Yeah, what he had to do was build these these uh, various little tiny chops out of the pad sound that he wanted. So like a swell like a frequency swell, it would have to be like 10 little samples each second or so, or probably 16, uh, per second, and each one would have just a little bit more of the filter swept away, you know? A little bit more high frequencies. And those would just be faded into each other like that, and that's how you'd build the pad sound. So he had... Sounds awful. I think he said that David Wise spent about four weeks building those samples... Yeah, no, nah, it's it's ridiculously hard because it's not it's not like you can for and also another thing is in the case of the tracker that I was using, it's it's monophonic. You can't do chords properly. Yeah, I mean that was probably the case here. You just had multiple instances of the same instrument, you know? Yeah. Or you know, most likely That's what they did for delays. Yeah. They would just have multiple instances of the same instrument and have the notes staggered. Yeah, like Metroid, um, that's by the way. Earthbound definitely it, did that. Yeah. And Mother if 3. you guys, if you guys want to know my favorite video game soundtrack of all time, it's Metroid for the NES. That's my favorite one. But um, oh the the NES, not the SNES. No, not the SNES one. The NES one, it, or it, I don't remember right. Was the SNES one the one that was basically just the NES soundtrack, but done up? I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, either way, the the NES had just like basic uh synth wave forms well i mean by just i mean by just composition wise you know like not advancements or it's not like i listen to the nes metroid soundtrack on a loop constantly you know like i definitely i know. think it benefits from a remix but yeah i get what oh, you're saying yeah and like but that for example that the opening i'm a if you don't mind i'm gonna get into this they so the Famicom, it, Metroid originally came out on the Famicom disc system. And for those who don't know, it's basically just the NES, but it had a floppy disk drive. The Metro, and that disk drive allowed them to have an extra channel of sound, which meant that they could have more detailed sounds. So Zelda, for example, originally came out on the Famicom disk drive. And Metroid originally came out on the Famicom disk drive. And you can look it up video. There's videos everywhere of the differences between those games soundtracks compared to the NES version and the Famicom disk system version. I, I prefer the Famicom disk system version of Metroid. One, because the sounds are better. And two, because it has something that the NES version lacks, which is a game killer for me. It has a save function, which the NES version didn't. Because it's, it's sort of funny. Even though the... The card for Metroid on the NES has space for a save battery. They never used it to cut price on production, you know. Zelda had it, and that's why that game was so revolutionary in the U.S. because it was the first one to have a save battery. But Metroid didn't. Huh? How odd. But that's not the point. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm getting off topic. But um, in short, that whole thing when making those video game soundtracks, that staggered audio was a game changer. For many things. And another thing that they would do is they would make simulated chorus by merely changing the pitch of the, or 
if it was a square wave, the pulse wave by a tiny fraction, similar to how you would do on a modern synth to make it sound like chorusy. But um, they had to do it on separate channels. Right. So that's why if you listen to some NES games, they'll have like that chorus effect because it's not actually chorus. It's just, you know, two separate tracks. I hear you. Pitch. I hear you. Very interesting. Very interesting. I did not know that. The NES and the Game Boy had about the same, about the same, you know. The original Game Boy. Yeah, the OG Game Boy, not the Game Boy Advance. The Game Boy Advance had MIDI capabilities. It was much better. Oh, uh, yeah, it did. I'd, I've seen a video where somebody used that as a MIDI controller. Yeah, no. Um, The Game Boy Advance had MIDI, had used MIDI files for it, and so did... The N64, I believe. I could be wrong, but I'm guessing. Um, that's what I, I, I'm sure I'm, I've thought. Yeah, you, you want to know something funny about the 64? Yeah. It did not have its own dedicated sound card. Nope. The it Super didn't. Nintendo did, but not the 64. Yep. Yeah, no, the um, Super Nintendo had the uh, Yamaha. What's funny is the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo both had different sound chips that were both made by Yamaha. And those two different sound chips made by the same company were so different that one console could do one type of sound and th- that the other console could not do at all. That's interesting. Explain. Yeah. So, okay. You mentioned in the video about how that, you know, the composer for Donkey Kong Country had to sample the pads. He had to build it up. That is true for that particular pad that he wanted to use. You know. But... The SNES was capable of doing sounds somewhat like that. It was actually capable of that. You can hear that on Doom. You can, the, you know, because by the way, the Doom soundtrack on the SNES is really good. You can hear that on, a, you know, some other games. You can do those really well on a Super Nintendo. You can make those really soft, ambient type sounds on a Super Nintendo extremely well. But one console you cannot do that on is the Sega Genesis. But the Sega Genesis it can do really good like electric guitar sounds and very good like sharp hard hitting rocking i if that's a good phrase you rocking mm. sounds that the <laughs> SNES cannot do at all unless you sample which is what a lot of developers did Ma- namely earthbound mainly earthbound uh and that's the crazy part is that they were both of their sound chips were made by Yamaha but they were just that much different that they, you know, were com- they could do completely different sounds from each other. Hmm. Uh, that's the thing, though. That's the funny part that a lot of people leave out from the whole bit war era is that they didn't realize a lot of the factor between people choosing was actually music. People really, you know, because, you know, the Nintendo would be like, you got this many channels of music. And people were like, whoa, that's crazy. Dang. And then the Sega Genesis would be like, yeah, but we got this type of music. And then it would be like, dang, that's crazy. You know, so music was a big factor. Music was a big factor in a lot of tech back then, especially PCs and stuff, you know, like sound blasters. You know, you got like the uh, sound canvas, the MT32, a bunch of different, different ways to get your computer to make sound. And those were all big factors in the whole PC market back then. That whole type of thing is just... Music back then for games was tough. Unless you were, like, on a computer... Like, PC games had it easier. PC games had it way easier than consoles did, by the way. Because on PC, you could just make a MIDI file. MIDI files existed for a long time, and they worked fine on PCs. But with consoles, you had to do the tracker stuff, which is... Or, no, not even the tracker in David Wise's case. Yeah, like the hex and stuff. That's just... It's... It's just, it's, it, it was stupidly difficult, moronically difficult, if I'm being honest. Like, there was much more that they could have done. Mario Paint had an easier, like, for the same console, had an easier way to make video game music, and they still forced all those guys to just, you know, suffer to make the music for the games. Have you, uh, Jacob, ever seen any Mario Paint parodies? I have not, no. They've got them for pretty much every song you can imagine. Yeah. Every popular song really? you could imagine. We should make one for Paper Planes, that great song by yeah. Sweet Tuesday. You could just download the sound font, though, and do it yourself in MIDI. That is true. Yeah, how about that? That is true. Imagine that, though. They should have just done that, though, to save all the developers and like or composers time. Just make a Mario Paint program for the SNES, like a 
like a source development kit, then you know it's more complex. A d- like imagine a DAW for the Super Nintendo. Like that would have been that would have saved so much time, and they did it. They did it on a much less complex scale with Mario Paint. I mean, it's all this is all foresight or not foresight, hindsight. So like, but still, it's like I hate to sound like AVGN here, but what were they thinking? You know, like yeah, let's release this. D- let's release this DAW for a bunch of kids. Let's not make a more complex version to save our composers some time. Make them not have to spend four weeks to create a simple pad. Like, true, true, dude. I mean, that would have required a lot more memory, though. But you know that. Oh yeah. Anyways, guys, that'll do it for this episode, I believe. Unless you guys have anything more to say. Nah. This was a good episode. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back doing this. Yeah, um, not really sure exactly how often we're going to try and upload, but we're definitely going to try and do a new episode every month at least, I'd say. Is that fair? Let's do it daily. <laughs> daily. Nah, we got to do year. a bit more than that, bro. We got to we gotta live stream these episodes. Twice a day. Like, we'll shoot for twice a month. Now it sounds reasonable. <gasps> oh. All right, so uh, we'll just... Uh, Cut it there. Jacob, say something funny. Oh. Uh...